Hey, everybody. Welcome back to It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast, a podcast focused on normalizing everyday challenges such as mental health, addiction, grief, divorce, loss, and many more. I hope this episode inspires you to be your best self and to live your dream life one day at a time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast. I'm so glad you came back for Genesis Part 2 on this Faith Friday episode. And we are going to be unpacking the rest of the book of Genesis, starting in Genesis 20. And honestly, one of my favorite things about reading the Bible is I always thought that the people in the Bible, the people that God used, were these perfect people that had it all together and Once you get into it, that is not at all the case. So let's talk about it. So where we left off, Abraham and Sarah, they want to have a baby. And God says, you guys are going to have a baby. And they said, we're too old. I don't really know if this God telling me I'm having a baby thing is real. So Sarah says, Abraham, sleep with my maid, Hagar, and we'll have a baby that way. So Abraham sleeps with Hagar. Hagar has Ishmael. And now it's caused a ton of dysfunction, as it should. However, God keeps his promise. And Abraham and Sarah have a son, Isaac, when Abraham is a hundred years old. And one thing I have been very interested in is like the beginning of the Bible, it talks about people living for so, so long. And then the lifespans get, you know, shorter and kind of more normal as you go through the Bible. So one thing I was just like Googling is like, why did people live so long at the beginning of the Bible? And I could not find an answer online. If you guys know the answer, DM me, would love to know. But basically what I was able to find is that there's not really any why, like per God, as to why people used to live so long and now they don't. But it wasn't until after the flood that people started to die sooner and have shorter lifespans. So just fun fact there. So Abraham and Sarah have Isaac and now Hagar and Ishmael are kind of being shunned. So Hagar leaves with Ishmael and as she leaves and is kind of on her journey, God comes to Hagar and says, Hey, I know this is a tough situation, but I'm going to make a great nation out of your son Ishmael. And I love this because it's such a good reminder that even if the world casts you out or looks down on you, God doesn't, God will use your story and God will redeem you just like he did in this situation. And so then it goes on to, you know, back to the story of Abraham and Sarah and God is essentially testing Abraham's faith. And so God tells Abraham, go sacrifice your only son to me, Isaac. And this is back in the day where they used to sacrifice rams, things like that. So Abraham is going to do it begrudgingly, of course, but he's like, God, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to do what you say. And God, of course, comes to him before he's about to sacrifice his son and says, wait, 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 you trusted me. That's all I wanted you to do. Also, here's a ram that's literally stuck in these bushes over here. You can sacrifice that ram to me. So Abraham is going to obey God, but God stops the test and gives him a ram to sacrifice instead. So now flash forward, Abraham and Sarah's son, Isaac, is now grown and marries this woman named Rebecca. And then Sarah passes away and Abraham goes on to remarry this woman named Keturah. I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but Abraham and his wife after Sarah passes, he has six kids and a ton of grandkids. So if you'll remember the beginning promise was 
God telling Abraham, I'm going to make all these descendants of you. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And they're like, yeah, whatever. That's crazy. And so God actually, you know, gives Abraham and Sarah a son. And then after Sarah passes, he remarries and has six more kids and a ton of grandkids. So then Abraham passes away and it talks about Ishmael's descendants. And so remember God came to Hagar and said, Ishmael, is going to be somebody that I'm going to make, you know, great nations out of in the future, even though he was, uh, you know, kind of a, I don't know if affair is the right word, but even though he's kind of an affair baby, God's like, doesn't matter, not his fault. I'm going to make him, I'm going to make great nations of him. And sure enough, Ishmael's descendants end up being 12 princes. You heard that correctly. 12, not one, not two, 12 princes. So then we flash back to Isaac. And so Isaac and Rebecca, they have twins, Jacob and Esau. And this is where it starts to get even more like relatable to today's day and time. So it basically opens that Isaac and Rebecca have these twins and each parent has their favorite. Rebecca likes Jacob and Isaac likes Esau. And it's this kind of like weird internal family battle of favoritism and just shenanigans, right? So then as Isaac is about to die, Isaac tries to bless Esau, who is the oldest son. But essentially, Rebecca hears Isaac trying to bless Esau and says, hey, Jacob, I'm going to prepare a nice meal for your dad, pretend to be your brother and get your brother's blessing. Right? Rebecca is meddling. How many of us can relate to that? If things are not going the way we want them to do or the outcome isn't what we want it to be, we try to meddle, even to the extent of like making somebody try to pretend to be somebody else to get a blessing. Like that exact situation is not relatable, but the concept of like meddling to get our way is so relatable. So Rebecca meddles, uh, Jacob ends up getting Esau's blessing and everybody finds out that Jacob got Esau's blessing. So Jacob has to flee because Esau is now planning to kill him once their father dies. So Rebecca hears that Esau is planning to kill Jacob. Rebecca says, Hey, go live with my brother and you'll be safe there. And so at this point, God comes to Jacob in a dream and he says that he will meet all of Jacob's needs forever. And Jacob says, that's awesome. If you're going to do that, let me give you 10% of the hundred percent that you're giving to me. And this I think is really cool because this is the first mention of tithing. And it's essentially the concept that God's saying, Hey, as long as you believe in me, as long as you obey in me, I'll make sure you have food, clothes. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of your family. I'll do all these things for you. And Jacob's like, that's awesome. I'm going to give a small percentage of that back to you. And that I think is where the concept of tithing comes from. Cause it's really kind of the first mention of tithing in the Bible. So then eventually Jacob goes back with his wife and kids to see Esau and he is going back and he sends don donkeys, oxen, all these things, because he thinks years, years later that his brother still hates it at him and has it out for him because he stole his blessing back, you know, however many years ago. So Jacob is really worried about this interaction. I mean, it talks probably for two pages about how nervous Jacob is about this interaction with his brother. He's not sure, is his brother still going to come after him? Is he going to send people to attack his family? Like what is going to happen? And instead what happens is whenever Jacob and Esau get, you know, close to being able to meet, Esau actually runs to meet him, kisses him. They cry, hug the whole nine. And so 
this is your little reminder that if there's somebody in your life that you're like, oh, I can never rekindle that relationship because I did something, they probably hate me. Try to rekindle that relationship. It might mean that you have to apologize first, but maybe you should, you know? And that has been the case for me in a lot of situations lately that I've realized that I have relationships that I need to repair and like I'm the one that needs to apologize and to start doing that. And is it easy? Of course not. But is it something that you need to do to kind of get to the other side? Absolutely. So because of all this, God gives Jacob land for his family in Bethel. And then Rachel dies in childbirth, then Jacob's father, Isaac dies. And now we're kind of switching main character that we're talking about, if you will. So now we're switching to talking about Joseph, who is Jacob and Rebecca's son. And so Joseph dreams that the rest of his family is going to bow down to him. And he tells his brothers, oh yeah, I had this dream. You guys are all going to bow down to me. And the brothers are very jealous of Joseph. So essentially they devise this plan. Let's kill him. One of the brothers says, "Mm -mm, we can't do it. We don't want blood on our hands. So they throw him into a pit because he had this dream that he's going to rule over them. And so after they throw him into the pit, this group of people that essentially were like slave traders back in the day come and they end up selling Joseph into slavery. So by age 17, Joseph's had this dream or this vision from God. His brothers sold him into slavery at 17. And then he has to go and work for this guy named Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with Joseph and Joseph does not want to have anything to do with it. So Potiphar's wife then goes and tells Potiphar, like, oh, Joseph's been trying to sleep with me when really it's the other way around. And Joseph then gets thrown in jail. So now Joseph has been sold, put in jail, and his attitude is still God is going to take care of me, which is amazing, right? So he's in jail, and there are these people's visions or dreams that he interprets for them. And so whenever they get out, he's like, Hey, please don't forget about me. And of course they do. So now he's been sold, jailed and forgotten by somebody who he thought could help him get out of jail. So that's his life from 17 to 30. And then at 30, he says he gets free to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. And so the Pharaoh has this dream and nobody can interpret it. And this guy that forgot him at the beginning is like, wait, whenever I was in jail, there was this guy that interpreted my dream. Let's go see if he's there and if he can interpret this dream. And sure enough, Joseph is still there. And Joseph interprets this dream for Pharaoh. And so this dream for Pharaoh is basically that there's going to be seven years where there's just plenty, there's so much, and then seven years of famine. And so because Jacob... I'm sorry, because Joseph deciphers this dream, Pharaoh puts him in charge. Like, okay, what are we going to do for the next seven years to basically prepare for the seven years to follow? So Joseph is in charge of doing all these different things to make sure they put aside like food and wheat and all this stuff to prepare for the seven years of famine that are coming. So then flash forward to the famine and guess who shows up? Joseph's brothers, they come to Egypt in need of food because Egypt is like one of the only places that knew this was going to happen. So they're one of the only places that's prepared. So people are coming from all over. So in people coming from all over, 
Joseph's brothers who sold him into slavery and started this whole shenanigans for him, they come needing food. And do you want to know what Joseph does? He takes care of them. Not only does he take care of them, but he also ends up blessing like them and their families and making sure like them and their families are taken care of for the long run. But when this is going on, Joseph's brothers don't recognize him because again, he left at 17. Now he's 30, probably looks completely different, but he recognizes them. He knows who they are. So Joseph reveals himself to his brothers and is like, Hey, it's me, you know, your brother. And He tells them, which I think is incredible, do not be distressed with yourself for selling me. God sent me before you to preserve life. And so he's essentially saying, hey, you may have thought that like this is all your fault, but the reality is that I'm the only one that could interpret this dream. And because I was able to interpret this dream, God knew I needed to be here at this moment to keep all these people alive for the seven years of famine and, you know, do all this great work that he's now doing in his 30s. Which I think is incredible because I don't know about you guys, but I love to hold a grudge. So if that had been my life story and then I ran into the people that did it to me, I don't know if I would be so kind and accepting and helpful, but hey, what can you do? So then Joseph goes on to provide for his entire family and it ends up saying that there's 66 of them. So Joseph's like, hey, brothers, bring your wives, your kids, everybody come to Egypt. I'm going to make sure you guys are taken care of through this famine. So 66 of them come for Joseph to take care of during this famine. He does. He keeps his word. And... uh, he, through this, is able to rekindle his relationship with his dad before his dad dies. And the part that I left out is that whenever they sold Joseph into slavery, they went and grabbed one of his uh, jackets and dipped it in blood and basically went and took it back to their dad and was like, oh my gosh, Joseph must have been eaten or mauled by a wild animal. So Joseph's father doesn't even know that he's alive. And so now Joseph gets to rekindle this relationship with his father who didn't even know that he was still alive. And it's just this, you know, great time. So then Joseph's father ends up passing away. And after his father passes away, his brother's said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that they have done to him? And so they approached Joseph saying, your father gave us this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers for the wrong they did in harming you. And of course, Joseph says, you know, he forgives them. But not only that, he says, even though you intended to do harm for me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. So not only did he say, hey, just because our dad's dead doesn't mean I'm going to turn my back on you. But he also says, you don't realize that like this was all part of God's plan. Like I'm not angry at you guys because I'm just going along with God's plan. And how profound is that? I'm going to read it again. Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. And there's so often that people do things that we think, you know, are harmful or are going to be bad for us. And then those things somehow end up being good or that situation ends up being turned around. And there's just so many incredible ways that God can work in your life. So this is your little reminder that if you're like, man, right now I am in the jail. I've been, you know, sold out by my siblings. Like, you know, whatever the situation is, God can redeem that situation. God can use you. God can use your story and God can use you to help others no matter how 
difficult that situation that you're in seems to look at that moment. So I hope you guys enjoyed the book of Genesis. If you guys want to read along, I'll link my Amazon storefront in there. There's like some study Bibles, things like that. If there's anything that you guys don't have to be able to do your Bible readings and you want to get them, I got a good selection in there. But I hope you guys enjoyed this Faith Friday. And as always, happy healing, babes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast. I'm your host, Madison. If you want to get tuned into more episodes, you can click the follow button in the top right-hand side of your phone screen. This will actually notify you when new episodes are published. If you love this episode, please leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps with the show. And last but not least, if you thought of someone during this episode that you were like, hmm, I really need my mom, my bestie, my sister to hear this episode, please share with a friend. And as always, happy healing, babes.